Okay, good morning everybody. Today's the first year of the outside of Baruch's father-in-law. Aaron ben Moshe. Aaron ben Moshe. Also today's, uh, today's the outside of my great uncle, Chacham Moshe Bibi. He, uh, he uh, was uh, really a tremendous Tamir Chacham. He was a student of, of the chief rabbi from Damascus, uh, Rabbi Murad Maslaton, and also he became a student later on of Chacham Yaakov Kassin. And uh, he was, uh, he studied a lot of Kabbalah. Unfortunately, he never had children. He was married to the Rabbi Maselton's daughter. And he was really the, the big influence over Nuri Dayan. And Nuri actually married Chacham Murad's youngest daughter, Esther. And they were, he was uncle, nephew, and brother-in-law to each other. Um, interesting also, he was also the Sandak for my brother Victor. And uh, I don't know, we say maybe that's why Victor became a big uh, Torah scholar, you know. So uh, someone asked me a question yesterday about the, the waving of the Leviim. Did Aharon really wave 22,000 people on his own? That's the first question. I said, how long did it take to wave 22,000 people? The second question was why? Why do you need to wave the Leviim? What is... What does that have to do? Are they being consecrated? So, to try to understand, we see that the Leviim came to replace the, the firstborn. And from either the age of 25 to 50, or 30 to 50, depending on the job, the Leviim were doing the job of moving the, uh, the vessels of the Mishkan. They were doing other duties in the, in the Mishkan. And as they were pl- replacing the, the Kohanim, this is a ceremony, I mean replacing the Bechor, they, this was a ceremony. With regard to the Kohanim, the ceremony was to hit Kadesh, to sanctify. But with regard to the Leviim, the ceremony was hit Haru, hit Haru to purify. And the question is, how does lifting them up purify? What does that have to do with purifying? Now, when you look at the verses, it seems that Aharon didn't have to do all of them by himself. The only ones that Aharon had to do were from the paternal family of Kehat. The other ones could be done by his children. So, assuming this happened before Nadav and Avihu died, then you would have had five people to lift 22,000 people, which probably could have been done in a couple of days. Okay, um, so so you saw that it could have been divided. It didn't all have to be Aharon. But the question then is, what is the idea of lifting them up? So my brother Victor explains, he says we, we should understand that the Kohanim are sourced in Chesed. Chesed is the base of the Kohanim, the giving, always giving. The Leviim are sourced in Givura. Givura is strength, the Givura is, is judgment, and B'nai Israel is the synthesis of both in Tiferet. Now, when you have the three together, they bring sort of the light, and they're on, the, on, this, on the, what we call Aretz, land, and Aretz forms a vessel. In order for us to catch, let's imagine, you know, sometimes we, we refer to the bracha of Hashem as Bericha as the, as the water flowing from the brook. If you want to catch the blessing, what do you need in order to catch the blessing? You need a vessel. You need a vessel to catch the blessing. 
So, you have to come together to form the vessel. The vessel generally we refer to on the concept of gibura or the feminine side. So, for example, if I say the heavens are ma- masculine, the earth is feminine. Or often we call the earth Mother Earth. There's also an aspect of earth that we discussed when we discussed the fact that after the sale of Yosef, the brothers went and took the money. What did they do with the money? They bought shoes. And the question is, what do you mean? They bought shoes? Was there a big sale? So at the time we discussed and we said that what happened was the earth had been cursed from Adam, Adam and Chava when they sinned. The earth was further cursed when? Cain killed Hevel, and the, the bloods are going to cry from the earth. So the earth has this aspect of this negativity in it from then. And you even see today, when the witches do their ceremonies, they're always barefoot because they want to take the energy from the earth to be able to use the earth, the negativity of the earth on the dark side. That's on the... But the earth also acts as this aspect of vessel to receive. So how do we, how do we have the, the, the Levi'im who have to receive in a way and form the vessel to receive? How do they have to receive? So we have to understand that the earth represents Deen. The Levi'im represent Deen. So what do I have to be very careful of? I have to be very careful of Deen on Deen. So for example, we don't cut our hair during a period of Deen because cutting our hair represents Deen. So during the days of the Omer, it's a period of deen, and therefore we don't cut our hair. When a person shalom, is in mourning, they're sitting under an aspect of deen, and what do they not do? They don't cut their hair, because we don't want to combine deen with deen. Deen is judgment. Judgment. We don't, know, we don't want to combine gene, judgment with judgment. So what we do with the Levi'im now, is we're separating them in order to separate them from the deen so that the deen shouldn't be a double deen. They represent deen, the land bring, represents deen. The Kohen who represents chesed lifts up the, the levi and off of, the, off of the earth. Also, we should understand that nighttime is a time of deen. Numerous sources in the Zohar relate that we should be aware that there are times when justice and judgment prevail. Other times when chesed, when kindness prevails. Rabbeinu Hadi teaches in a few places that with the onset of nighttime, judgment is aroused. And we see that in the tefillot. If you look at the different tefillot that we have during the day compared to the tefillah of the night, in the night we have always, we have to be careful from pachad laila, we have to be careful of things going on. We have in the night, uh, you know, all, we name all of the negative things in the end of the, after the brachav of shema, before we say the Amidah. So the, na- the danger of, that nighttime poses is not merely due to the physical reality of darkness, but rather to the spiritual clause, the arousement of judgment. And we have to take this into account when learning Torah. We have a source based on Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer that tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu was on Har Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, during the day, he learned Torah Shebikhtav, the written Torah. But during the night, he learned Torah Shebaalpeh, the oral Torah. And we're supposed to do exactly what he does. As the night and day are different, so also we, when we study, we should be sure to study Torah Shebikhtav during the day and Torah Shebaalpeh at night. 
And therefore, because the Torah B'Shabah represents the aspect of mercy, we study it during the night in order to arouse mercy during the night. It's apparent, we see, that there's a restriction to read Mikra at night. So someone tells you you shouldn't read regular Torah at night. You shouldn't read from the Torah at night. The only way to read from the Torah at night is when you do read the Torah with an explanation or a translation, and not Targum, because Rabbeinu Ari brings that the Targum is also the same as Mikra. The only night that a person could read and study Torah, the nights that a person could study and read Torah, Shebiktav, is Thursday night, because it's already drawing from Shabbat. Friday night, because obviously it's Shabbat. And Saturday night, because it's extension of Shabbat. So the question comes, if I want to learn, what am I supposed to learn? So a person, if they're going to learn during the day, they could learn Torah Shevichtav. But during the night, a person should try to learn Torah Shevichtav. What if a person can't learn Gemara? He doesn't learn Gemara. He doesn't learn something like that. Today, the truth is, everybody could learn Gemara, Midrash, everything, because you have a zillion books in English with every explanation you could imagine. But say a person wants to learn the Perashah. He should take the Perashah and he should learn it with an explanation, whether it's the English explanation to help him, or whether it's, uh, it's the explanation of Rashi, or any of the Mifashim on the, on the Chumash. That's considered Torah Shabbat Peh. A person should learn like that. And, during, and, and that's what a person should do if a person wants to learn Torah Shabbat Shabbatav at night. The uh, a person should, should also know what about Tehillim. So there's a question of what someone, someone should do on Tehillim. It seems that a person should not read Tehillim at night. Although there's, a, there's an aspect to be able to read Tehillim after midnight. Because that's the beginning of the time of Chesed. Um, and, if, uh, and if God forbid, if someone is, is ill, someone could read Tehillim specifically for that person at the time of, uh, so to say, of danger. So, Victor writes, it, it appears that the unification of the two types of holy deen is particularly damaging to one who wants to elevate himself. You always have to be careful of mixing deen and deen. The Torah enjoins the Levi, who must serve in purity, and he relates to the level of Binah, and he has to be, so we're going to basically see it could be interpreted as a separation of Geburah, the Levi, from Mahut, which is the earth, which also represents a level of justice. And this was done by the Kohen, so he could raise his level from the status of Geburah, that's the Levi, to one of Binah. This was the intent of Yaakov's blessings to his sons, Shimon and Levi. Shimon and Levi represent two types of deen. Remember what happens, their unification with each other or respectively with the land can be lethal. In fact, their prior union as brothers, what did they do? They brought the wrath not only upon Shechem, but even upon their brother Yosef Hasadik. Furthermore, any time Levi attaches himself to an alternate aspect of Din, it restricts his ability to elevate himself to Binah. Hence, Yaakov calls them Achim, brothers in that they're both rooted in Deen. He adds the words, hamas Instruments of crime are their words. Curse their rage. Then Yaakov provides the solution that these two aspects of Deen cannot be brought together. I will separate them amongst Yaakov, and they will also not have any permanent attachment in the land. 
as we see, these brothers should not have any real association with the land because the land represents Mahudin. So how does it work? Hence the Leviim are not given a real Nahala in the land. And where is Shimon? Shimon is scattered among Yehuda. He's within the territory of Yehuda. This rule not to unite aspects of deen is reflected in the warning of Rabbeinu Hari not to learn the written law at night. We have to be cognizant of the spiritual dimension associated with all areas of our learning, making sure that it properly matches the influence of the times. He writes, namely, one should set out to learn the oral law exclusively during the work weeknights, evoking a thread of chesed into the world. This exclusion not to learn the written law at night parallels Hanifa. So what you're doing when you're not learning the, the Torah Shebikhtav at night, you're as if you're lifting up the Levi'im from the ground to separate the deen from the deen. Removing the attachment to the aspect of deen. They could then ascend freely to a state of purity in Binah via Aharon and his sons, the holy or sanctified men of Israel, and this level their deen is considered pure beyond any reach of the negative forces. So there's a spiritual reality that we exist in. And this idea of lifting the Levi'im has to do with separating the Levi'im from the deen and raising the Levi'im up to this level of, to this level of a higher level to the, towards the Kohen, to the, to the aspect of the Kohen. All of us have to think that in our lives we're not just physical beings. We're spiritual beings. And as spiritual beings... What we do affects the spiritual worlds. And we have to realize that we don't, we don't realize, we don't think that our actions have anything to do with the reality. But our actions have to do with the reality. From the actions of how we study Torah and when we learn Torah. And we should have in mind, I'm going to study Mikra during the day and I'm going to elevate it. And I'm going to study Torah Sheva Alpeh at night. And I'm going to elevate and change the night, in fact, from an aspect of Deen to an aspect of Chesed through what? Through my learning Torah. We should all be zocher to be able to learn Torah in the proper time. And that we should have an effect. And we should be able to bring to change the world. And bring Mashiach Mimirabi Amen. Amen.